get started tonight but we're going to have a do we're doing things a little bit different tonight than what we normally do it's going to be a good kid sing all right y'all going to enjoy it but we're going to do things a little bit different because of the special night that it is and we're going to begin tonight by making some announcements and we're going to have a prayer in just a minute uh, first of all we are very glad that you're here tonight and if you're visiting with us thank you for being here uh, we've mentioned about the special day today that we're having where we are emphasizing our Bible school program, and I'm excited about what's going to transpire tonight. I'm not sure exactly how it's all going to work out and mesh together, but it'll work out fine, I'm sure. And uh, before we begin tonight, just a couple of announcements. Uh, Jim Estes is going to be having uh, surgery uh, tomorrow to remove his gallbladder, and uh, he's been in the hospital uh, over the weekend 
uh, you know, taking antibiotics and things of that nature. So we want to remember uh, him. He's also, also tested positive for COVID uh, at the same time, uh, although he wasn't really feeling bad. He just They just test you there. So Janita's over there with him, so they kind of been stuck in the room, right, for three or four days. And so he's having surgery tomorrow. So I want us to have a special prayer uh, for Jim uh, right now in just a minute. Also following the prayer... If uh, you need to partake of the Lord's Supper, if you want to go ahead uh, to the little chapel, you can do that right now uh, following the prayer. So will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the day. We're thankful for all that you do for us each day. We love you. We, we care. And uh, we want to ask your blessings upon us. We ask your blessings upon the church here at Boonville. We're so thankful for this church and we're thankful for each member. Uh, Father, we're mindful of all that are sick at this time that need our prayers. There's many that we think about right now who are not feeling well, but we especially want to remember Brother Jim Estes in our prayer uh, tonight as he undergoes a uh, procedure tomorrow to remove his gallbladder. We pray for the hands of the doctors and nurses that will be doing the procedure. We pray that there'll be no complications and that uh, everything will be successful and he'll be able to go home very, very soon. Uh, be with Sister Janita as well as she's with him. We are so thankful for uh, both of them and what they mean to this church and have meant for years. We pray that you'll continue to bless them and their families. Father, we're mindful of those that have lost loved ones. We pray that you will continue to comfort and uh, strengthen them, Father. Uh, most of all, we're thankful for your son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross for our sins, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right. I'll pay attention. Books of the Bible on three. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, First Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, First Peter, First John, Second John, Third John, Jude. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Increase in faith. 
Huh? Lord's Supper, good. We partake of the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper. We take the Lord's Supper, remembering his death. Pray. We pray to the Lord our God, Lord our God, Lord our God. We pray to the Lord our God in Jesus' name. Okay, sing. We sing praises to our God, to our God, to our God. We sing praises to our God, singing in our hearts. Is that it? Go ahead. I give money. Yes, it's very important. Especially with this Sunday. All right. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. We give our money to the Lord, showing Him our love. All right, if I say here, you say? Romans 10, 17. Believe. John 8, 24. Repent. Luke 13, 30. Confess. Acts 8, 37. Be baptized. Acts 38. Live faithful. Revelation 2, 10. Good, let's do the shorter version. Yeah, believe, repent, and trust. Be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk with Christ and live like you ought to. God sent judges over Israel, one great woman, fourteen men. They have Israel fight their battles, led them back to God from sin. Of no evil shall go never again, remember like Jolan Jared. Jephthah is bad, Elon, Abdom, Samson, Elon, Samuel. Great. How many plagues were there in Egypt? What? Ten. Ten. What were they? He turned one to one. Frogs and lice. Don't forget those dirty old flies. Mirror killed the cat. Boils in hell. Looked through the ground till the darkness fell. And Pharaoh pronounced the death of the firstborn. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, These are some cards. This is our first card. I've been wanting to get to it, but summer came and I don't like to do it in summer. So take a card. Come on, pass them quick, 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 quick. After hot potatoes, let's go. Everybody gets one. There's eight of them. Everybody get one. Everybody got one. You got an extra? That's okay. All right, so everybody got one? All right, this is a mastery of general Bible information, all right? And this is a card you can get a trophy for. And I'm going to explain something else to you in just a minute, too, about the trophies. All right, the first one says creation. And Genesis chapter 1 is behind it, beside it. So if I say creation, you say? Genesis chapter 1. Okay, or you can say Genesis 1. So let's practice that. And so you can... You, now, you remember what uh, Ken said about how y'all know all these music? 
and all the songs you do, I'll listen to you. And anybody that tells me you can't learn this, lost your mind, you can. Every one of you can. All right. Creation. Genesis 1. The flood. Genesis 7. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. Joseph sold by his brother. Hold on. The plague. Exodus 7 through 12. Okay, one more. Hannah. First Samuel chapter 1. We're about Hannah. Now, all the way through this, this is key chapters in the Bible, all the way through the New Testament, all right? So let's try the first five again. Y'all ready? If I say creation, you say? Genesis 1. All right, flood. Genesis 6-7. and Gomorrah. Genesis 19. Joseph sold by his brothers. Genesis 37. Plagues. Exodus 7 now, see, I want y'all to be proficient in knowing where these things are. When somebody asks you, what do you mean about the plagues, you're going to be able to tell them, all right? So you're going to go home and learn these, and we're going to go over them by repetition uh, each week, all right? So uh, y'all be sure and uh, take these home with you and do it. Now, I've got some more papers I'm going to give you tonight. There's two of them, and we're fixing to make a line as y'all go back to your seats, and I'm going to give you three things here. What I have here is a list of things that we've done so far that you can earn trophies for. Several of you can do several of these, all right? So you need to come to me and let me know, okay? Let one of the elders know that you can do this and do it, and you can get another trophy, all right? Everybody's going to get a trophy tonight on a certain song in just a minute, because all you know it. All right. Y'all remember how we say at the end, I'll do my best. I will never give up. Let God take care of the rest. See, if you learn this with the verses, you get a trophy too, okay? You can't just say, I, I'll do my best, never give up, and let God take care of the rest. You've got to learn the verses that go with it, which is why I'm handing this out to you tonight, all right? So, in just a minute, we're going to close out, and I want y'all to come in an orderly fashion, row one and row two, as you go to your seat, back to your parents' seats, or wherever you're going to sit. Come by me, and I'm going to give you a trophy about a certain song that all of y'all know. I guess you know which one that is, don't you? How many elders do we have here? Four! Four. Who are they? Boomer, Pastor Elders, Woodman, as you'll see. There's Genesis, Larry Morgan, and Buster Green. Don't forget Tommy. They're welcome too. These are our four by giving y'all a trophy that says Mastery of Naming Our Elders, all right? So in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to come in an orderly fashion, pick up this and two pieces of paper to take back to your seat, all right? All right, let's sing another song real quick. What's the key verse of authority in all the Bible? Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, and whatever you need, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, and whatever you
right, let's close out with our questions, all right? Okay. What is true success in life? Living your life and dying to the end of this life is over. And also, it's doing it together, right? So let's try that again. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. What is true failure in life? Living your life and going to hell when this life is over. What's God's ideal for marriage? One man, one woman for life. For life, good. And why were you made? To glorify God. Me. No, to glorify God. Don't jump. Why were you made? To glorify God. And because God made you, what does that mean? I miss Now, y'all start school tomorrow or Tuesday. When y'all start school? Thursday. For the rest of the week before school, and when you start school, what are you going to do every single day? I will do my best. I will never give up. And my God is here the rest. And I'll always remember that right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong, it's never wrong to do right. That's right, because I was right. All right, I'm going to come right here, and y'all can come around this way. First row, come on. Come on. Like this way. Normally, these trophies are going to have their paintings on them. Now, what they've done. Like, this is just a... It's your trophy. You want to help me, Steve? Yeah. 
while we're going to change gears and do something a little different I'm glad everybody's in here this is the end of August or the end of July I mean and we start the August September October uh, quarter of our new academic Bible school year we're on the same schedule as the schools are we've got the first quarter coming up and I'm excited about it and from the looks of this you need to understand that a lot of effort is being put into generating the love of God in our young people. Amen? And you can see that, and I appreciate you, Doug, for what you're doing with them, and I want that to resonate into everything that we're doing uh, for our young people, for our children here, because that resonates with all of us and through all of us. So I'm going to ask Jordan to lead us in a couple of songs. And then, uh, Brother Ken, to lead us in a prayer to focus our thoughts on what, uh, what it means to have a Bible school and to teach children God's Word, starting with kids sing and out. So if you'll pray for that specifically, and then we'll go from there. using the songbook tonight. Start with number 147. <clears throat> 147. <clears throat> I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus
Thank you for a great day today. Thank you for every opportunity that you placed before us. I'm confident that this congregation, to every member, has done their best to take advantage of those things that you placed in our hands. We thank you, Father, for this church right here in Boonville, for the faith that it demonstrates the willingness of so many to serve, to exercise their faith. And I pray, Father, to the degree of our commitment that you will bless us in every endeavor that we participate in to bring glory and honor to you. Tonight, Lord, we're thinking 
about our children especially. And what was on display just a few moments ago, I pray is a, a worthy sacrifice to you. Dedication of our children, hearts that are filled with joy, and Doug's commitment to, through repetition, build a repertoire of knowledge that they'll be able to stand upon as they're growing and strengthening in their faith. We thank you for every parent or guardian who sees to it that their children participate in these things. And Father, we just pray through motivation and through perseverance that through measures like this that our children will become strong and develop a hedge around them to be able to face a world that is merciless. We also thank you, Father, for every Bible class, from the youngest of our children up through the most senior of our adults. We thank you for the commitment that students make to learning, and we thank you for the dedication of all of our teachers and those who assist them and doing their very best, not just to present a lesson, but to manage hearts and minds as we all navigate through your word in order to learn it and to apply it to our lives. And we pray, Father, to the extent that all of us are committed to those endeavors that you will bless us, that we'll become wiser and stronger through our study of your word. And Father, we thank you for Stephen and his leadership in so many of these areas, for his dedication, not just to the moment, but the planning of many years in advance, to see to it that we get a full nourishment of your word. We thank you for our elders who themselves as shepherds have made a commitment to learning and to the building of our faith, to shepherding us through the feeding of your word. And we pray, Father, that you will also strengthen them in wisdom. Help them, Lord, to be insightful and visionary as they lead us in a difficult time. We pray that you'll bless our time tonight as we review some of these things and look to the future. And Father, if you'll grant it, I pray that every one of us will be committed to using it to the fullest extent of our own ability to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If it is important to you that every person who comes into this uh, building one day lives eternally in heaven, then you're interested in our Bible classes. You're interested in what we talk about here tonight. If it is important to you that... There is a presence 
of God's people in Boonville, Mississippi a hundred years from now if there is still a Boonville, Mississippi on planet Earth rotating around the sun, then you're interested in what we're talking about for just a few minutes tonight. If you looked in the bulletin, it said for tonight's topic, tending the garden of Bible class. So as you think about that, we're going to use some analogies just a little bit, and you'll forgive me if I'm going to look down at my notes a little bit. I've been at camp all week, and even if I memorized them, I wouldn't be able to remember them. Uh, so I want to think about just a few things for a little while tonight as we understand that there is an analogy of planting and sowing and reaping and cultivating and those things. But first, I want you to understand that teaching is important. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in that Great Commission, we must never forget, yes, there's an evangelistic thrust, but verse 19 says very clearly, teaching them, those disciples, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever that I've commanded you. Teaching them. Teaching is important so that there is a maintenance and a growth in the in our hearts. And that's what's going on in kids' singing. That's what's going on in Bible class. Teaching is important. The heart's important. Cultivating, you know, when the New Testament talks about those who have a, a conscience, a heart that's seared as with a hot iron, Hearts can become dull, hearts can become hard, and hearts are kept tender when they stay in contact with Christ, with the blood of Christ, with that which tenderizes hard hearts. The heart's important. In fact, in Proverbs 4.23, did not Solomon say, keep your heart, guard it with everything you have because out of it are the issues of life. That's why it's important that we begin now to nourish and cherish and take care of hearts. We're going to mention Luke 8 uh, a couple of times through these thoughts just a little bit. And in Luke 8, that's uh, Luke's account of the parable of the soils. You know, the wayside soil, the hard heart, the stony ground, the stony soil, the, the, the heart or the, the soil that has the thorns growing in it. And then in verse 8, 15, Luke 8, 15, he says, those on good ground are those out of a good heart. Please don't miss that. Those who bring forth, those who grow, those who become what God wants them to be, those are the individuals who do that because they have a good heart. Good hearts don't happen automatically. Sometimes I fear we've made that mistake a little bit. We bring them every Sunday and we sit them in the pews and we laud them when they graduate high school and we rejoice when they come out of the water and then we just hope it all works out. It doesn't work that way. We cultivate and we, we nourish those hearts so that they will stay the way we want them to. You know, when you look in the New Testament, planting and gardening takes place. You do understand that, right? In the parable of the tares, we won't get into the depths of that tonight, but in Proverbs 13, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, 37 through 39, in that parable the, uh, of the good, uh, the wheat and the tares, in that parable, he makes it clear. When, the, uh, uh, when God is the one who plants the good, then he said the enemy that plants the tares, that's the devil. So you do understand, when I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and, I, and verse 9, and it says there, you are God's husbandry. If you look up that word husbandry in the Greek word, it means farm. You are God's farm. You are God's soil. In other words, you are God's garden. 
Now, if you understand that, you understand that a, a child, a child's heart, young hearts are like young seeds that grow into plants and that mature into plants that produce fruit. So as we think about that, I can't help but think about those, um, can't think of the name of them, I'll for, I forget, the flowers that uh, I had on my front porch. I was going to camp, I was worried about them, so I put them out under a tree so maybe they'd get a little bit of water. But they grew up from last year and had about that much soil, and so they had to be watered every day. And I got busy, uh, and I came home from over here, and I came home, and I looked at them, and they were in trouble. And I had to water them again, and, and so they came back up. And so I understand, you understand that Paul said, you are just like that. You are God's garden. So now with that in mind, I want us to understand, you to understand the devil plants too. The devil plants seed, and he cultivates, and he waters, just like God does. There are four things, very quickly. I want us to focus on planting seeds in the hearts of children and beyond. From kids sing to Bible class to everything we do, there's four things I want you to understand. Number one, we have to cultivate. We have to prepare. We have to care for the soil in which we plant seed. The devil will. Remember back in Luke 8, 4 through 15, there's a, a, a hard ground, wayside soil. The first thing I want to do if I want to plant on that soil that's been trampled down is I have to till it up. I have to till it up. I made a mistake one time uh, of trying to have a garden without a tiller because I was too lazy. That's the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Do you know how hard it is to dig a hole in ground that has spent the winter packing? It's as hard as it can be. And what about that stony soil? I learned a little bit about character when my grandfather said, we're going to plant the bottom in watermelons. That's fantastic. I love watermelons. But what he, what he didn't explain is, is that the bottom is full of rocks and roots. Guess who's going to move the rocks and the roots? I said, who? <laughs> Wait, there's nobody but me. And so we spent a lot of time moving that. And you know what I found out is that you can move all the rocks and roots in the bottom and you let it rain three or four times and go back out there and I don't, they just magically appear overnight. More rocks and more roots that have to be taken out. And then he talked about the thorny soil. Now if you don't know anything about spending an afternoon uh, in, in, in a garden or in a, a, a field with a hoe, to get a garden hoe to get the weeds out, then you really hadn't lived. Also makes me think of my grandfather when he, he, he um, I think he conned us, but I won't, wouldn't, go, wouldn't want to say that. But my brother and I, he said, if you two will help me plant peanuts in the, the, the bottom, uh, I'll let you have the money of what we sell, what we don't. We did, two acres. Do you know how hard it is? You've got, to, you've got to hold them, you've got to pull them, you've got to pick them, you've got to dry them. I think we made 14 cents. Uh, when it was all cold, to, uh, after all the, the work was taken out of it. But it took a little effort to do those things. Now, wait a minute, if you understand that, you understand then we've got to prepare, cultivate. You understand that there are some kids that come here. There are some folks who come to us. There are even maybe your own children because of the things going on around them that they have stones that are in their hearts. 
They have thorns that are growing up in their hearts. Now, if you think, no, mine's only eight or nine years old, they don't have any thorns, they don't have any, any rocks that the world has planted. Folks, you better look again. I just came home from camp. I met an 11-year-old I'd never laid eyes on before who was uh, 11 years old going on uh, 25 in a hard time. And I'm not exaggerating. And was going home right back to it. Because if you don't cultivate, if we don't cultivate, I promise you the world will. I promise you the world will surround them with things that create those stones. Will create those thorns that will grow up and choke out the word. That will create uh, situations that will harden them against the truth. The world will take care of its soil. That's why we have to. Number two, we must plant the seed of the truth. Don't think that kids sing is just a repetition and a bunch of silly singing because it's neither. We have to plant the seed of truth in them. Luke eight eleven tells us very clearly that the seed is the word of God in that parable. The seed we're planting is the word of God. First Corinthians three and verse six. What did Paul say? He said, "I planted, and Apollos watered. I, I planted, folks. I have to plant." the seed of truth, because I promise you that the, the devil will. Right now, when your kids go back to school, the devil is uh, busy planting the seed that evolution makes more sense than creation. The devil is going to plant the seed that marriage is not necessarily for one man, one woman for life. The devil's going to plant the seed that and on and on and on and on the list could go of doubt, of confusion, of distraction, of discouragement. The world will plant that seed. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are not of God, these are of the world. So the world, the devil is taking care of its garden, making sure that it's cultivated, that it's nurtured to do what it does. The devil's going to plant the seeds. We have to plant the seed of truth. That's why it's important that your children go to Bible class. That's why it's important we have Bible classes that aren't just fluff and stuff. And they're not. That they're filled with truth. But number three, it is important... We have to water the seed. We have to water the growing plant. Folks, you have to water a plant if you want it to grow. You have to water and feed a plant if you want it to produce the flowers, the fruit that you want it to produce. I think we understand that. That's why Paul said, I planted, but Apollos watered. If Paul hadn't planted, there'd be no plant because the seed wouldn't be. But if Apollos hadn't watered, then the plant couldn't grow. The reason why Bible classes need to roll and they need to be consistent and, and students need to be in them is because it's a process. It's a process. And you know what's sad when I think about uh, we transplanted five blueberry bushes. I love blueberries. There's only one of them that is alive. The rest of them didn't make it. You know, and that's sad when you look in the scripture and you look at Matthew 25 and you look at uh, the parable of the ten virgins, half of those didn't make it. Four soils, only one of those was right with God. 
Only one of those trees is still there. And here it is four years now, and it's getting bigger, and it's getting better. Uh, but I'm still waiting on those blueberries. And I have to remind myself, it takes time. It takes time. It takes seasons. But I can't just neglect it because it's not showing what I want. I have to continue to nurture it. I have to continue to pull the grass out from around it. I have to continue to fertilize it and give it water if I want it to do anything. We have to water that growing plant. In John 7 and verse 38, let this sink in. Parents, let this sink in. And by the way, this is not just for parents. But in Matthew, or excuse me, John 7 and verse 38, he said, He who believes in me, Jesus talking, as the scripture says, has living water flowing out of him. Folks, living water isn't going to flow from the lives of these children unless the living water is put there first. Unless it's planted there. Jesus is the only one who can put it there. But it's our responsibility to make sure that Jesus is there so that that water can be there. I re- you, be- you better rest assured, folks, that Satan will water the growing plants of the seed that he plants. In 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, a very interesting phrase. We're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of the things that Satan shows that he surrounds our young people with. Those things will water the temptations, will water the discouragement, will water the misunderstandings that they have. And if there is nothing done to counteract that, well, you should know the results of that. We have to water the seed that we plant if we want it to grow. When the plant begins to show buds, begins to show leaves in their lives, we have to keep watering it if we want it to grow. I saw that this week at camp. I saw some of you do things I have never, ever seen before. And I saw a couple of you go beyond what I thought you were capable, and I hope you'll forgive me for that. Because God will do what he promised if we'll do what we or ask. And then number four, we have to not only water, we have to nurture and protect that maturing plant in order to ensure fruit. That's why it's important that all of our classes, all the way through the teenage class and then into the adult class, that they feed, that they nurture, that they continue to encourage because that plant has to be cared for. When I look out and there are uh, uh, insects eating on that plant, when there's a blight attacking that plant, when there is some kind of deficiency in that plant, if I want that plant to do what I want it to do, I want to see the fruit on it, then I have to surround it with the care it needs. And that's what Bible class is supposed to be. That's what it must do. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. What was it the writer said there? He said, there was a time There was a time when you should be teachers, but you have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God because you've become of those who need milk and not strong meat. But that, verse 14, but those who use meat are those who by reason of use have their senses. Oh, wait a minute. Reason of use. Our Bible classes don't just ask our kids to learn facts, but those classes should ask them to put those facts into practice and show them how to do that very thing. And teachers, I challenge you this year to don't just tell them, but show them. Don't just point them, but lead them. 
And let's encourage our young people, because I promise you the devil will do that, that very thing. He'll do that very thing. You know, in Luke 13, uh, verses 8 and 9, we talk about the parable of the fig tree, you know, the fig tree that didn't do what it was supposed to. Remember that servant that said, wait a minute, give me a year and let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. That tree was going to grow if it was dug around, if it was fertilized. Folks, that's what Bible class does. It fertilizes the hearts that are growing. And it keeps them going. Because I promise you the devil will. The devil will nurture the distraction that begins to grow in your children's heart. The devil will nurture the discouragement that fills your children's heart from time to time. Because 1 John 5 and verse 19 says, we know we're of God, but the whole world lies in wickedness. The devil will fertilize the confusion that exists in the hearts of our young people. And we have to make sure that we go beyond that. Now, even though that sounded like a sermon, that is not a typical sermon, I want you to think about this. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6, Paul said, I watered. I mean, I planted. Apollos watered. God gave the increase. God will give the increase. If we do our part, I promise you, God is faithful and he will give the increase. When I think about Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, do you remember what Jesus said there? That there is a harvest that's ready but we need laborers. Just as surely as there can be no harvest if there are no laborers, there can be no harvest if there are no plants. And there can be no plants if the plants are all dead. And there can be no plants if there's no seed planted. And if there's no one to plant the seed, no harvest. If there's no one to water the plants, no harvest. If there's no one to nurture the growing plants to maturity, no harvest. So as we think about that tonight, very simple. A Bible class in the hands of God, and we're talking about, as Ken said in his prayer, is three things. It is foundational. It's foundational. We have a foundation on which to stand. And of course, as we stand, the Word of God is what we're talking about without question. But here's what I want to do. If you are a former Bible class teacher here, who led the way, have taught in the past, may not be teaching now, age, whatever situation, but you taught in the past and you, lay, you laid the groundwork for our program now. Stand up. Now don't make me look silly. There we go. Look at there. Look around. Thank you. Have a seat. Now, those are folks who've taught in the past and laid the groundwork on which we stand now. Now, the past is great, but it does not uh, take us anywhere into the future if we just rest upon it. Number two, a Bible class in the hands of God is conditional. It's conditional. What do you mean conditional? Well, we must have faithful Christians teaching courageously. Listen to me now. We have to have faithful Christians who are teaching courageously and consistently if we are going to um, continue 
what, what God has begun with us, with us. If you're a current Bible teacher, that is, you teach, you may not be teaching next quarter, but you're in the rotation, stand up. You're a current Bible teacher, all the way up through teens and adults. Thank you. Have a seat. Now, folks, you understand, don't you, that there are congregations the same size as we are, that the number of people standing are a whole lot less. I appreciate that. But number three, a, a Bible class program, a Sunday school program, I don't care what you call it, but a Bible teaching program in the hands of God needs teacher. It's prospective. It's prospective. Yes, it's foundational. It has a past that is uh, true to God upon which to build. It is conditional. It has those uh, who are doing what needs to be done now. If they're not doing it, then we've got a problem. But then it's also perspective. It looks to the future. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm just going to do this real quick. Tell me what time it is. Okay, so I got three minutes. Now, uh, Terry Smith and I, this, I, I counted it up earlier. This was our 22nd year of directing uh, Session 8 at Maywood. For the last two years, we've had two younger men as assistant directors who've begun some of those things because I'm just going to be real honest with you. It's harder physically me on, this, on me this year than it was 15 years ago. A lot harder than I'm really going to admit out loud. Uh, but the truth is, Terry and I are going to reach a point we can't physically do it anymore, and we're going to die. Good, bad, or ugly, that's the truth. We're going to die. And when that happens, if we haven't done our job in bringing up some folks who can take up the mantle who've already got their hands on it, then that's a problem. It's a failure on our part. The same thing is true here. We've got some Bible classes that have been in the hands of two or three people for a while, and if those people tomorrow didn't come back through those doors, I'd have a problem. I want you to think about that, because now I'm going to be straight with you. I've lost some teachers. I've got some current needs. I've got some spots to fill so I can have a consistent rotation. I need some of you, please don't get mad at me, I'm going to be straight. I need some of you good folks, good brothers and sisters to do some self-reflecting and step up. Love you. But I need some folks, you say, I'll do it for one quarter, okay? Sold. Now I'm not talking about those that you cannot, but I need some teachers. I want you to think about that just a little bit. For example, right now, Sister Trina is going to stay with her mom, as she should. I don't have anybody in that spot. I got two spots right now. I got nobody to put in it. I need some help, but I want you. I don't want. I don't need bodies. I need souls who are in tune with what we're doing. Bo Gross is here with a college class tonight. Bo, I want you to start preaching about this in your college class. I need some college students who are willing to teach a quarter. I need some high school juniors and seniors who are willing to teach a quarter, who are willing to sit with another teacher. You know, I'm, I hope nobody's saying, Woo, preacher meddling now. Uh, because it's things we need. Now, we're going to end this way. In just a minute, uh, Jordan's taking a group to the singing. He said, we're leaving at 6.15. I said, what if I'm still preaching at 6.15? He said, we're leaving. Uh, so, this is what we're going to do as we close. 
In just a minute, I'm going to ask Bo Gross to come down here, well, and he's going to lead us in a prayer, but it'll just be the adults left in the room. This is our promotion. So I'm going to try this and see how it works. Uh, if, you, if you have a child that's in the toddler class and will be in the toddler class, uh, Miss Michelle, Miss Penny, Miss Vicky, please, and Miss Trina, if you're here, I don't think she is, y'all stand up. Okay, would y'all go back there? And if you've got a, a young one that's in the toddler class or a baby that you'd like, would y'all go back there? I didn't know if y'all would have many tonight, but let's start it out that way. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you have a two-year-old, if you have a one-year-old that's ready to move up to the two-year-old class, Miss Sally and Miss D, y'all stand up, please. Y'all follow them. Take your two-year-old back to them. Let them see that class. There we go. This is where you're going to be. Now, teachers, this is what we're going to do. Uh, when you take them back there, you say, wait, wait, I didn't prepare anything. You don't have to. I want you to just show them the room, tell them this is where you're going to be, this is what I expect, this is how we do things. Parents, as soon as we dismiss, you'll go pick them up from there. And then we're dismissed. Okay, th three-year-olds, Lauren Brumley. Okay, I currently don't have a Wednesday night. But if, you're going to, if your child is going to be three years old, if you're going to be three years old, or your child is going to be, please send them uh, with Miss Lauren. Now, as you see, you may think, uh, well, we, got, we don't have many. Truth is, post-COVID, we had teachers standing in, it was kind of sad to watch them, but we had teachers standing in the hall going, nobody in here, I'm going to go to the auditorium. But we've grown to the point now we've had to split some classes back out. Okay, if, you're four, if you are four years old or about to turn four years old, you will be with Miss Emily and Miss Jody. Would y'all stand up, please? If your child is coming up to four years old, moving up from the threes, if you will uh, take them or send them with Miss Jody and Miss Emily. Now, we have one group that we put together because through COVID that's going to stay together all the way through sixth grade, unless, of course, they do like the, you know, we started out with uh, the third and fourth grade. We had three third graders and no fourth graders. Now we've got so many we can't get them in a room. By the way, that's a good thing. Uh, but this group is still together. If you're going to be in kindergarten or if you're going to be in the first grade, Miss Leanne, Miss Lisa, will you stand up? If you are going to be in kindergarten or first grade, if y'all will follow Miss Lisa. If you're going to be in second grade, Miss Andrea is out of town, but Miss uh, um, Melanie said she would go in her stead. Miss Melanie and Miss Sonia, if y'all will go back. And if you're going to be in the second grade, these are going to be your teachers. Miss Melanie will rotate in next time. My goal, folks, is to have teachers who rotate every other quarter. That's my goal. I've got some of that already happening, but I am still a ways off. Jordan, I want you preaching in that class, and I need some uh, young ladies, sophomore, junior, senior, who are willing to step, step in and learn. Please. If you're going to be in the third grade, Miss Amelia and Miss Lynn... Miss Amelia and Miss Lynn, please go with her. you got uh, a new room. Move back upstairs. 
if you're going to be in the fourth grade, Miss Bridget and Miss Rebecca, and y'all also have a new room downstairs. And if you're going to be in the fifth grade, is Missy here tonight? I think she's still out of town. But Miss Anita and Miss Missy, uh, Miss Anita Forrest, Miss Missy Barnett, even though I told Miss uh, Anita about four different things. Uh, fifth grade, follow her, please. And if you're going to be in the sixth grade, Miss Margaret Ann and Mr. Carter will be your teachers this next time if you'll go down and meet them. That's a good, I told you you had several. Now, if you are going to be in the seventh grade, then you are moving up to the big leagues. You're going to be in the 7 through 12 class with Mr. Jordan and, and others. And if you'll follow him, I think that group is going to go out to the TAC for a moment. And those of you who graduated this past year, uh, y'all should be going to the college class starting in August. So Mr. Bo's looking for you. And Mr., uh, not Mr. Jordan, not just Jordan, but also Aaron. Sorry, had a moment. Mr. Aaron. Okay. So, folks, if you take a look at that, that's not just a chore. It is a blessing. Amen? Okay, so... Uh, Bo's going to come lead us in a prayer. None of these teachers have any long activities planned, so after he uh, leads us in prayer, we're dismissed. Yes, I think, didn't Doug mention the Lord's Supper at the beginning? Yeah, okay. Um, come lead us in a prayer, please, sir. Bow with me, please. Under Heavenly Father above, we are so humbled and thankful for this evening you've blessed us with, Lord. Oh, we're so thankful for Brother Stephen, the efforts he puts in our, in our classes, Father. We're so thankful for the teachers, Lord. We're so thankful for the blessing and the privilege to be able to teach these young people, Father. Lord, we pray that you'll give us the wisdom and the, and the courage and, and the, the work ethic, Father, to put the time in our classes that would so we could see the fruit, Father, so these children would learn about you, learn how to serve you, Father, and learn how to one day go to heaven with you for eternity. Lord, we love you so much, and we pray for this, not only our Bible class, but this entire congregation and, and all the ministers and the elders and deacons that are working with it, Father. We pray to just bless all of our efforts. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.